a Syracuse Sports Center starts now. Good morning, I'm Joe Salzone. Brooks Kepka won the U.S. Open for the second year in a row, becoming the first back-to-back champion since 1988 Hi, in 1989. Nobody finished the tournament under par with Kepka's winning score plus one. Tommy Fleetwood tied the U.S. Open record, shooting a 63 on Sunday. In baseball, the Yankees lose to the Rays 3-1. to Aaron Hicks hit a solo homer for the Yanks. C.C. Sabathia allowed three runs in seven and two-thirds innings in the loss. The Yankees head to Washington, D.C. for a makeup game and a half of the Nationals tonight. Coverage starts at 425 on TK99. And the Mets beat the Diamondbacks 5-3. The Amazing scored four runs in the ninth on a uh, two-run home runs by Brandon Nimmo. And here we go. Estrubal Cabrera. Very good. Thank you. Uh, the Mets head to Colorado for the start of a three-game set tonight. I'm Joe Salzone. The Daniel Baldwin Show starts now. Hey, Joe. Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. <laughs> <laughs> So, the opening, the the opening that we couldn't get edited has been edited, but evidently the old opening to the show. I put it in a rotator like a dummy. Yeah, do we need to take it out of the rotator? I need to be have paid. To put yeah, the lotion yes, on your skin, yeah. or else you get the hose again. I need to be docked pay for that one. That one was a hundred percent my fault. Talk you a whole day's pay, which is four dollars. <laughs> uh, where's Josh? He's at the doctor's. Oh no. I don't know what's wrong, no. but hopefully he'll be better. Get well soon, my friend. Yeah, Josh. We miss you, buddy. Did he do the morning show? Yeah, of course, of course he, he did. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. He, he did the morning show and Couldn't didn't have gone to him. the doctor. Do you like Salzone? Sal- Salzone's boys went to the uh, Joe Salzone, the uh, um, uh, official voice of the Double Days out in Auburn. Uh, I got invited to come out and, and throw the first pitch. And uh, I got uninvited ceremoniously. No one told me that they were throwing the first pitch, and they didn't miss me. Did you go to this? Uh, yeah, I was there. Who threw the pitch? Uh, Gomez and Lisa did, and then like from four, the mound, from the from the in hill? front of the mound. Oh, like they in the won, grass. They won Lamb's step on the mound. Yeah, they had no heat. And then so like, what, did, what did Lisa throw? Did she reach it? Yeah, she threw like a laser right down the middle, and then Gomez threw like a curveball. That then, reached the catcher or didn't reach the catcher? They both reached the catcher. Nice. He threw a curve. He, he threw a curve. He, he, he threw a curveball. He he threw a curve. No, it curved. It curved. <laughs> curved. Broke it. Snapped it right over the plate. Snapped it. They signed him. <laughs> they signed him. And then there were like two <laughs> groups of kids that threw it after them. So it's like you would have been the opening for like some little league kids. Yeah, no, I didn't say I was upset that I wasn't there. I like that you I said I just Gomez, got uninvited. I like that you think Gomez was throwing junk pitches. <laughs> yeah. He knuckled it in. Yeah. Yeah. Phil Necro Gomez. Um, so Josh is at the doctor. Do we have an update on that? What's what's going on there? No, I don't know. I think it's just his uh, rash? manual. He's got a rash? <laughs> Let's get a rumor going. Let's get a GoFundMe going for Josh. Josh's rash. Save Josh's rash. Taint rash. Yeah. Oh, no. You always have to go one further than it it's really It's like needed. diaper rash for an adult. Wow. wow. Only Femiron can, can help it. Do, I, you, do you remember Femiron? I don't think you remember. Before we get into uh, sports and golf, I have a serious, speaking of doctors, I have to go to the rim doctor. 
What's the rim doctor? <laughs> so what you do on the weekend is really your business. I've my never friend. been to the rim doctor, but I have to go to the rim doctor oh, yeah. today because I'm yeah. driving on a donut. Oh. I oh. hit a pothole on Erie Boulevard in June. And it bent my rim. Yeah, they've had a little time to, to fill <laughs> those in. It's June. Yeah, I know. There's a couple coming down the exit I come off of, and they've thrown, like, some sand in them or something. You know what I mean? They're not really filled. So they're starting to go more and more. They're, they're, but I hit this damn thing, and I know it's coming. And if there's a car to the right of me, I can't get out of the way of it. Um, yeah, there's a... Uh, there's a few of them going on in the city. I guess the snow and the salt and all that bring them on. I was driving, do, 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 listening to my music, and I hit it, and I knew as soon as I hit it. Did the car go bum 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 bum? It went boom. Tire flattened immediately. Like oh, it just was, took it out. Yeah, it was. It was like I drove into a crater. You <laughs> <laughs> just knew something yeah. didn't feel right. No, it was not. I mean, the, like I the, drove into the San Andreas <laughs> Fault. Yeah, the check engine light came like on immediately. Sixteen feet wide, front end of the car's crushed. Oh my god! I hit something. Yeah, the engine light came on immediately. The engine light well, came the on. Message oh, the light, warning, warning light. What kind of car do you have? Uh, yep. Uh, an old ass Pontiac. They don't even make Pontiacs anymore, and I still drive it. So. I like it. What's well, a Pontiac, Pontiac G six? <laughs> <So funny. laughs> I have a Plymouth, so don't worry. Just, I don't think Plymouth makes cars. I'm gonna either. trade it in for a Datsun. Yeah, man, a two a two forty Z. Yeah, two eighty. No, get a two forty. That first year, they were they were crazy fast. Um, okay, well, I do want to talk about the Open a little bit because, God, I can't stand sports right now. In some ways, I really can't. Like, it, it makes me crazy. And crave for the the times of old when it was it really was it was more pure. Here's what drives me crazy. So it's Father's Day, and my wife says to me, "Well, what do you really want for Father's?" Day? I said, "You know what? I just want some quiet." Amen. I just want to you know I'm going to do a little bit of yard work. I yanked a 20 horsepower motor off the back of my little skiff and I threw it in the gator and I brought it up and I got a bunch of stuff done. And I just wanted quiet. I want to sit and I thought. You know what? It's really quiet. I have the fan blowing on me. I'm lying a bit. I'm going to watch some of the Open. So I watched this for about an hour and a half, like right around you know, a couple holes into the final group. So I've got the real guys that have a shot at it, you know, besides when you look at Fleetwood shooting like, you know, eight under or whatever he shot. But, uh, but basically the guys that are going to win it are on the track now. Now, I happen to have grown up on Long Island, and I've played Shinnecock Hill, so I know how difficult a course it is and how much the wind plays. So when they're commentating, I can actually contradict you know, a lot of, a lot of things when it doesn't make any sense because these guys have never played the course. They're out there once every 10 years calling this match. I've been on this course several times. I've played it. But i got to tell you something. You would think with a two-shot lead with three holes to play, you know, we're still in the game. As soon as they hit their approaches on 16, I looked at it and I thought, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me the shot this guy hits coming in on, on 16 and on 17? A two-shot lead going to 17, you have to make birdie if you're the guy trailing. You have to. Now, Fleetwood is sitting in the, in the barn, and he's looking at, you know, I, I need bogeys, at least, at least one. I need bogeys. Well, when I say this to you, when you're playing with a guy who's who's as good as a U.S. Open runner-up or you know the top ten on the tour for a major, Forrest just screwed himself and snapped his microphone off. The stand. I think that screws in Forrest. I think you got to twist it, buddy. There you go. Yeah, 
That's far. She's going to make it up. She's going to wind that around. Leave it like that, Forrest. Don't go any much more than that. Step away from the wonder mic, Forrest. Forrest is breaking material. If you're watching on Facebook Live, watch Forrest break things. I'm sorry, Polly. Um, so when you're playing at this level, I remember the first time I played in a PGA Tour event was the LA Open. And I'm, I'm in a group with Dan Forsman. And I hear Forsman from like 222 yards out say, is it 222 or 224 or five, whatever? But it was like a, within a two or three or, uh, yards they were trying to figure out with the pin placement. Because for these guys, they're playing the ball from 220. They're playing the ball below the pin so they have an uphill putt. They don't want to be putting past the pin and coming down the hill. They're that dialed in that they, especially when you're talking about inside of 180 yards. I mean, their, their, their accuracy is deadly. So when you're hitting an approach shot to try to win the U.S. Open and you leave it 60 feet, 55 feet short on the 17th hole, I'm thinking you didn't go for it. You, you played it safe. That's what the guy with the lead does. The guy with the lead. Now, the guy with the lead put the ball six feet from the pin. So you know he's probably going to make birdie and take a three-shot lead. You absolutely have to hit this ball close. And knowing that they have that kind of control, there's no way you leave a ball 50, 60 feet short on the tour. That's a whole a whole club more. He did not go for it. He didn't go for it. He didn't go for the win. And I watched that and I thought, now, am I being naive? Am I being naive not to realize that the difference between third, fourth, or fifth place if you went too long and made a big mistake is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever it is? It's 100. I'm looking at this. Yeah. So what's it's the 100? It's 100 grand difference between uh, third, fourth, and fifth place. So it's like each one's another each, 100 each down. One, yeah, each one okay. drops 100. So, so let's take a look at that. Now, the pin was upper left, so if you miss it long, it's going down the hill. It's probably costing you two shots, which means you're losing 200 grand, possibly. Now, again, I'm not in this guy's, you know, and, and I don't know what his financial situation is. I don't know how much debt, but it's to win the U.S. Open. And if you want to know why golf is struggling now, if you want to know why, besides the fact that Woods is not really, he's done, and, 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 but they, they don't have an emergent star, a guy that would go for that shot. They don't have a guy that can – Tyson knocked people out. He knocked them out. You know, uh, LeBron, Michael Jordan, they were exciting to watch. They took risks. If you, if that was Michael Jordan with a club in his hand with his mentality or LeBron, I promise you they would hit a low shot long, gone for the pin, and gone for the win. But they don't have guys like this, emergent stars, that go for the throat, that have that personality, that have that swagger. You watch them, and it's like watching grass grow. They don't. Do 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 do, and they walk up and down the course, and there's no, you know, uh, th there's there's no bravado, there's no, you know, that's why what Mickelson did, and we'll talk about that later, was was almost something to, it's the biggest news in the Open, you know, why? Because it was the most entertaining thing that happened. Not that they can't play golf, don't get me wrong, but it's just boring. There's no there's no real clear cut Chichi Rodriguez or Lee Trevino. Even Jack was kind of was kind of boring, you know, in a lot of ways. But he was animated at least when he won, uh, and he was so dominant in the game. And then you know Gary Player, who was the consummate professional, and Arnold Palmer, you know. But they had they had uh, they had balls. These guys, they just they suck to watch. There's there, there's an article in the in uh, online right now going watching the Open sucked. That's the name of the article, and it did. 
it's I, I mean besides their brilliant shot making their their great abilities they, there's no one out there that just fun to watch tiger had emotion you watched him you feared him if you went to the tee box with him he was going to go for that shot he was going to make a 50 foot putt to win the title and he was going to let it, it make it aggressively. It wasn't on the last rotation of the ball. If he missed the putt, it was going six feet by, and he was going to have to make that putt. They don't have that guy out there right now. That's why golf is boring. And can we get over the Tiger mystique at this point, too? He's done. He's completely done. I beg your pardon. Was I not the one that during the Masters, when he came out as the favorite, went, are you Are you kidding me? He's never going to win another major. Well, he's got. there's a couple of things that, that, that will lead to his resurgence. A, he'll be a dominant player on the senior tour, for sure. When he turns 50, he's jumping to play in, in the majors with the seniors. And he'll win a few of those. He will win. He's that good compared to them. How far, when you look at some of the best senior players that won in their 60s, it's because they consistently play. But as soon as one of the young Lions turns 50 and he can hit the ball 300 yards compared to a guy who's 60 who can't hit that far anymore, yeah, T- Tiger will win there. And I, I, I predict that he'll have that one Jack moment. In 86, when Jack Nicklaus at 46 or 7 or 8, somewhere in there, he won a U.S. Open. He'll have one of those runs. You know, No, 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 listen, you may disagree. I do. But—, but I don't say he's definitely going to win one, but he's going to have one of those weekends at, at, at probably at the Masters where he knows the course so well and he plays so well there. It's set up for his swing. He'll probably have one of those Tigers in the top five, you know, within the next couple of years. But will he win? You know, the, the conversations about him being as dominant as Nicholas or winning 22 majors, well, that's never going to happen now. Obviously, we've seen how difficult that really is. Uh, and and for, and it's sad because I believe that it was addiction and personal reasons. And if I was to go into why I really believe Tiger Woods fell apart, it would cost me friendships, and I'd probably be sued by a number of star basketball players and people that I know that absolutely derailed this guy. He, his body's breaking down now too, and it's because of what he did to it. Well, yeah. well listen, you know, so. listen. When Woods came along, Earl Woods was a you know a, a military background. You know, he definitely worked, worked Tiger hard as a kid. And he had great, the bar for him success-wise was very, very high. Wood's demise from a personal and professional standpoint came when he started consistently hanging around with guys that were other star athletes that took him around and he, and they, and they, he witnessed the way they partied, they drank, uh, the women, the excess uh, you know, and and Woods was somebody who drilled and practiced and did the things. You cannot maintain that level. Like, look at what, what did they say? LeBron James spends a million five on his body from training, nutrition, massage. Um, you know, high high level advanced techniques like uh, um, um, what is that uh, hyperbaric chamber stuff for injury? And you know, he's got access to that kind of high level Russian athlete. You know, type of mentality and he, he proves by how he performs with the eight with his age of just how unbelievable he takes care of his yeah, body there's two guys right now that are defying age and that's tom brady and lebron james they both are and both of them are in this category yeah. where they they do above and beyond i mean these guys have chefs that prepare their food with measured amounts of protein and carbohydrates and you know they, and they do so it can be done it requires a lot of money to do it and it requires a lot of time and you know but you ask um, the average professional golfer 
when how hard you had to practice to get your card, get on tour, and then start winning versus 15 years later. Do you think Phil Mickelson plays? Look at his body. Phil's 15, 20 pounds heavier than he was when he started. He's older. He's not going to go back and run five miles a day and train and do the kind. He's not. He's got a great swing. He's going to be in it. He'll still win some of these tournaments probably still, and he'll win on the senior tour too. But he's done too. He's done. And not that he can't win. He can. He's crafty, and he's experienced enough to be able to get in and around major golf courses. But, no, he's he's probably not going to. Not with a kid that goes out there. Look at those guys walking up the fairway. They're 6'3". They have, you know, 7% to 12% body fat. And, and they're, you know, they don't hurt in the morning. And this is where Phil and Tiger and all of them were 20 years ago. So it's just a logical evolution, you know, that, that takes place in the game in any sport. Some of them can defy it, but it requires a lot of work. Are you willing to do that work? So I think Woods has a really legitimate shot to regaining some of his stature. Um, but uh, make no mistake about it. I can tell you the names, the places, and exactly what happened to that guy that caused his demise, his marriage, his kids, drugs and alcohol, all of it. All I don't, of it. I don't think it's about him wanting to win anymore. I feel like he wants, like you said, he wants to go back to that stature. I feel like he's the kind of person who's obsessed with how people think about him, and he loved to be loved, it seems like, and he took, like, a huge fall when everything started to come out, and I feel like that's what he's really trying to gain back. Well, let's go to break. We'll come back and we'll talk more about super teams. And we'll do a so what with... Forrest. Forrest. Yes. It's almost it's almost <laughs> worth saying so what because Forrest is doing it. Yes. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. The latest sports news scores opinion and commentary. Plus, you get to hear my thundering, thundering manly, manly voice. voice. Lucky you. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. I'm so excited. It's time for... I, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio! You understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Bring it for us. Let's, uh, have, let's hear it. On Friday in the World Cup, Spain and Portugal played a draw for the ages as Cristiano Ronaldo scored a hat trick, resulting in a 3-3 draw. A, dr- a tie for the ages? Is that really a thing? Three goals, though. A hat trick in soccer. Holy crap, that's hard to do. Well, Paulie, you have to look at it. Spain is like a You don't a have an opinion on so what? Quite done. All right, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get into it without the U.S. being in it. Well, yeah, there, there's there's a big hole, and, and believe me, I'm sure that they wished that there was some way they could have finagled 700 million more viewers, but I get- they're not in it. Italy's not in it. I guess he's not in the World Cup. I guess a hat trick is impressive in soccer. Yeah, because you don't get three goals in two games. <laughs> One nothing is yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. There was a there was another great thing that Forrest when he was pulling up the sowats he got to. Now you can talk Forrest. Uh, was a comparison to what's more impressive, what Ronaldo has done in his career or LeBron, and uh, it's such a hard comparison to compare yeah, soccer to basketball. Plus, being in America, because you just have no grasp at how good he is. Well, I think also, well, now you're, but we do have a grasp on that as sports analysts. So, uh, but I but, don't. But but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's uh, you don't. Well, this guy is arguably one of the greatest players to ever step on a field. I mean, he's that good. If he wins the World Cup, he probably will be the greatest player ever. Because yeah, he's like... he's even beyond Pele now. I mean, he's he's that good. 
Yeah, because honestly, my friend, when we were watching, he said to me, Ronaldo's situation was with Portugal is like LeBron and the Cavs because you would see Ronaldo making plays and his teammates would just completely screw it up. Well, the other thing to remember, too, that makes what when, when Michael Jordan came out on the court during the heyday of the Chicago Bulls, there were other players around him that were pretty good that arguably Scottie Pippen would have been a star on another team if he wasn't next to if he wasn't Robin to Batman, if you will. But he, he was a pretty good player. And there was, you know, several players that were pretty good players on that team. Um, when you're going against a team like Cleveland, the, the Cavaliers, you sit in the locker room like the old days of O.J. Simpson or Jim Brown, and you go, hey, wherever you see number 32 go, crush him. You know what I mean? So you, you're keying on the fact that they have a player that's the best maybe of all time. So the same will be said of Ronaldo when he walks out on a pitch. When he gets out on the soccer field and you turn around and you look, the other team knows – Anytime that guy touches a ball, attack him. So the fact that he can score three goals when he's the guy to look for, you don't want the ball to touch his foot. So they, they actually try to cover him to deny him access to the ball because he's that good. And to still be able to score three goals, that's, that's like LeBron scoring 45. I mean, you know when he touches a ball, he's probably going to shoot, and you still can't stop him. That's domination. He's, he's, he's an amazing player. There have been 51 World Cup. Hat tricks. When was Is the it, last one? Uh, yesterday. Bes- at, before, <laughs> Rinal- before Ronaldo. Uh, 2014. All right. All right. One, there have been three people who have scored four goals in a game. Wow. And Oleg Solenko, I hope I said that right, scored five goals in a game in 1994 as Russia beat Cameroon 6-1. to one. Five goals in a game. Well, and remember, too, that's Russia over Cameroon. Yeah, you can't compare Cameroon to Spain. I, I'm, he scored five goals in a game. But he that's wasn't amazing. out there by himself. That's amazing. I know that, Paulie, but still, you can't compare Cameroon to Spain. I didn't. Did, where, right. where in that sentence <laughs> did I say, this guy scored five goals, which is better than scoring it against girls, Spain? Girls, girls. No, no, no. I just threw a fact at you. Nice. So it's not a not so a what? so what. You're not two. A so what. You're two and zero, oh, brother. All right. Uh, it's a tie. The one zero oh, and one. <laughs> Go. Um, so what is a draw? J.R. Smith's game one jersey from this year's NBA Finals when Smith Smith held on to the ball and ran out the clock when the game was tied is being auctioned online at NBAauctions.com and the highest bid so far is three thousand dollars. So the Jinx jersey? Yep. <laughs> so wait, wait, uh, it's going to be a Golden State fan that wants that, right? Not a Cleveland but who, fan. But who, who is is Smith in control of what happens to his jersey? So he's auctioning off his own jersey. You know why? Because he realizes he may never play another day in the NBA. <laughs> he, he'll be fine. I bet you it's a charity auction, right? And no, it's at NBAauctions.com, which means it's like, it's like a fan. Like you can... I could right oh, now so put in a bid for it if I yeah, want. But who's no, selling who's it? He's saying Farsh and Knucklehead. I don't know. It's on NBABids.com. That's... The league doesn't control what happens to his I'm jersey. I'm guessing that's. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing they're doing it as a charity auction. I'm guessing Smith needs the dough. He lost all his endorsement deals. And it'll be funny if someone's bidding on the auction and screws up the timing at the end. <laughs> I did that the other day. 
and you're like, oh, I bid, but the clock's already run out. I, no, I, it was a strategy mistake I made. Check this out. So I'm bidding on a pontoon boat, and the pontoon boat is in Katy, Texas, which is between San Antonio and um, Houston. So I'm thinking, okay, if I drive down to do my shows next week, and I have my truck there, I can go pick up the boat and swing back up and make it in like a day if I blaze it pulling this thing. So the boat's going cheap. It's in really good shape. I'm going to get it. It's at $3,750 with the trailer for a 24-foot pon- pontoon boat. I can take it and resell it for ten grand up here. So I'm like, okay, i got to get this boat. So I know the other guy that's bidding, we're watching the clock. You can just see it ticking down. So you want to get your bid ready Eight seconds before or so is how long it takes for it to register. So I got, and I go, don't do it in the increments of like 100. Don't do it 38.50, 39.50. Do it 4,000. So I write in 4,000. I get it ready to send. Eight, seven, click. I hit it. He writes 4,050. And gets me, and nips me by 50 bucks to get this damn boat. The pooner uh, schooner waits another day. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that what uh, Forest Boat's name? The pooner schooner? Yeah, I think we're going to name your boat. There, You're never going to see it. You're not invited. Oh. Yeah. He's out, isn't he? Is he he's, still out? He's got to earn his way. Wow. What's he got to do to earn his way back into your to your good graces? I don't know. I, yeah. Would you bid on, on that, the J.R. Smith jersey? Because I'm trying to think, like... Why do you want I, it? I'm trying to think if there's one moment in, like, my favorite team's histories that I would, like... Well, well here's like, the thing. I could see maybe bidding on the Immaculate Conception if I'm a fan for either side, okay, so if I get the jersey for, you know, Judge hitting a home run in game seven, blah, blah, and I think, and I'm a Yankee fan, I want that jersey. I want that. That's not just his jersey. That's the jersey that was on his back when he won game seven and won, that kind of stuff. Do I want Bill Buckner's jersey when he made the era, you know, on Mookie Wilson's ground? That, that, that one, yes, because that one's like, <clears throat> that one is a historic of a but, but, blunder but, 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 of all but, time. But, okay, but why? So, so Is it just a conversation? It's nothing to celebrate. No, but it would be something you would have in, like, if you have a... Well, you're not you, a Met fan that wants that. Maybe. Are you? Yeah. If you have a, a man cave and you've got Buckner's jersey, that is... That is a talking Do you want the piece. football or the jersey of Scott Norwoods when he misses the 49-yard field goal that gives the— Now, I guess if you're a Giant fan, you hang it on your wall and say, Noonan, you know, Norwood, yeah, yeah. he missed it. Somebody would want that. Really? Yeah. God, I wouldn't want that. Like a I, sports I, bar, I think. Like I definitely Warriors want the putter that hit the putt to win the Open. I, so that's just maybe just my outlook on life is different. No, but no, I don't want to— a, a, a terrible piece. <laughs> so not so what, or so so what? Is there is there a childhood memory you'd buy, you want you want the you want the memory from? Is would, there a childhood? Uh, yeah, Joe Namath's jersey from the Super Bowl when he upsets him, and that would be a great conversation piece in my family. Yeah, I think I would want Garvey's Steve Garvey's jersey from Game Four of the yeah, or you know, like a, like people having a ball, but a you know the five hundredth home run of someone or the. You know, the, yeah, those things, I guess. Are, what uh, about the Cubs ball? That, that, that the kid screwed up and, that, cr- and catch? No. Yeah, yeah, that no, nobody blames no, the no. actual Cubs for screwing the game up. They blame <laughs> that stupid guy in the They seat. destroyed it. They destroyed that ball. 
But uh, <laughs> so what? Not yeah. a so what. I like Not it. A so, what. so Kawhi Leonard reportedly wants out of San Antonio and has requested to be traded, and is being reported that the Lakers and Knicks are his two desired destinations. Well, he wants to go to L.A., and so Paulie and I were having a conversation earlier. You know what? This is going to be a long conversation because this goes into a whole different thing. Let's go to break, and let's come back and talk about Kawhi and the rest of So What. Find us on the web at ESPNSyracuse.com. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey there. <laughs> Just watching an animated cartoon that I did. Sure. I know. I got into you. I pulled you into Vortex. I asked Daniel if he had ever voiced a cartoon before, and then he pulls up cat dick. No, next thing it's I know, a cat detective. A dog with bikini on. It's getting weird. Dog strip. It's up your alley, isn't it? It got real weird real quick. It's up your alley, isn't it? Yes. No, I'm going to watch the know, whole thing. You know, it's, it's so disturbing. <laughs> I have to go. I have to become a cholo gang member undercover. <laughs> it's great. It's really great. So, Farsh, go ahead. Remind us where we were. We're at. Uh, we're talking super teams and how Kawhi Leonard, Leonard wants to be. Wants out of San Antonio and the Lakers and Knicks are his desired destinations. Okay, so. You and, and there's a lot of people writing that there's no way that the Spurs are going to let this guy go to a Western Conference team. And at the end of the day, I got if I'm the Spurs, I'm taking, I'm sending him wherever I'm going to get. Maybe not in my division, but I'm going to send him wherever I'm going to get the most value for one of the best 26 year old players in the league. He wants to go. His first choice is L.A. Besides LeBron, besides any of that, he wants to go to the Clippers or he wants to go to the Lakers because that's where he grew up. That's where he wants to be with his family. He wants to go home. So I get that, and I believe he is going to go back to Los Angeles. I do. Now, the Knicks, who happen to have a lot of room to finagle and do things and may have some components that San Antonio wants, and it also, every time this guy plays against the Spurs, he's going to be a monster. He's going to score 30, 40 points because he's got a message to send them for what they did, in his opinion, to him and his career. So. That's probably the reason why they don't want him to go and play against them because he's going to have uh, uh, an inside inspiration to uh, to destroy. Um, I, at the end of the day, I think that this coercion thing, the LeBron movement, and um, I think if Kawhi and LeBron alone go with Ball and they probably need another shooter, I agree with you, Paulie. I think that um, the Lakers will go out and get somebody. I don't think they need George... I don't think they need George, Kawhi, and LeBron. I think more than that, if they get George or Kawhi. I'd, if you could have LeBron and Kawhi or LeBron and George, who would you get? Oh, you can only have one of them with, with LeBron. George. You would take George? I'd take Kawhi Lyon. I would take Kawhi, too. I would take George. They, I think for complimenting what LeBron does. Yeah. I, I, I just don't think they're going to send him to L.A. Uh, I think they'll send him... East, and I think that the Celtics are probably going the to make a, large, him right now with... make a large push for him. And they are known they for pulling big... off. They've got a lot of players that won't be able to play next year. When, when you know, they may only have nine guys on their team. <laughs> when they, when they, uh, when they get everybody healthy, there's a lot of guys that played great this past season that here's why I are going to lose possible. playing time because. When Kyrie, it's it's almost unheard of when a guy has an injury 
as bad as Kai. Had a severe injury. Yeah. So we don't know what he's going to come back and do. And there have been a number of players who never quite came back to be the same. Even a a seventy five percent Kyrie is a great player, but but again, we don't know. And they offered him a a serious extension to his contract, and he declined it, which tells me. He does not want to play in Boston past next year. That's what it tells me. Because they were willing to do it anyway, not knowing what they were going to get, and he doesn't want to stay there. So you're going to see him. That's why maybe they do if Boston could get Kawhi, but he's not in the conversation where this guy wants to go. Yeah, and the other thing is this Kawhi asking to be traded could help keep, this is just me thinking out loud, could help keep LeBron in Cleveland because Cleveland could potentially trade their their first okay. round pick. Let me write this down other for you. players. Let me write this down for and, you so you see it. And Cleveland can give LeBron the most money. Z E R O. Zero chance that LeBron James stays in Cleveland. It's done. It's over. I'm, he is I'm, gone. I'm not going zero. There is zero chance that LeBron James stays if in, they, in Cleveland. If they go to him, hey, we're trading for Kawhi Leonard. He's going to stay. There's there got to be like a slight chance. Yeah, he's, there is he's, zero chance Le- LeBron James stays. In he Cleveland. may not stay, but if I'm I, I four zero him. against Golden State, they sign their death warrant. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Yeah. His kids are registered. Twenty three million. Everyone wants to keep telling me that there's no other place but Los Angeles that he's going to. And now you want to tell me he's going to stay in Cleveland? There. Listen again carefully. Listen. Listen. Everyone be quiet. Turn off your I'm blend. not putting zero Turn chance off your blenders. Roll your windows up in your cars. Everyone listen carefully. There is zero chance that LeBron James stays in Cleveland. Zero. Okay. Zero. No way. I'm, I'm, not, right. I'm not putting it at zero. When That's- you're talking about a guy who is trying to establish the next 10 to 20 years of his he legacy. He can do that in Cleveland. He cannot do it in Cleveland. Yes, he can. No. He cannot do it. There's, it's, it's, there's it's, this thing math. called planes no, and no, internet no, 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 no. You, and you, you, what cell phones. What you're not understanding it. is mathematics. So you just had a conversation with about. Here, let me let me show you how I'm going to tie Jim Beheim and Duke basketball into this equation. LeBron doesn't need. Let me let me explain I know, but why. I'm just going to say LeBron let, doesn't need deals in to me, be in any let, market because he's let me explain a national. Why, let me explain brand. why I'm going to okay. show you okay. that Jim Beheim. Is a because we know sports, but if I drop Jim Beheim's picture in most cities, most rural areas, at, or better yet, outside of this country, mm-hmm. no one knows who he is. Correct. No one. Okay. If I drop Shishevsky's picture, no one knows who he is outside of this country. No one. More people will know him. Nine. Nine throughout Europe will know who he is, unless they're basketball fans. They're really, he's an NCAA. They don't know NBA coaches' pictures. They don't know it unless you're a basketball player or something like that. Trust me. Mm-hmm. So with that said, Krzyzewski makes, I think he reported, eight to nine and a half million dollars a year, and Jim Beheim was everything. Krzyzewski stole his defense. This is why he had Beheim coach on the Olympic team so he could learn more about what the great Jim Beheim knows about the zone defense. Now Duke exclusively runs Jim Beheim's zone defense. Now hang on, let me finish. Know, they may let do me fi- let me finish. Next Please year. let me finish. Right. So, when, <laughs> mathematics are the reason for this. How many people view Jim Beheim's picture when we talked about the Big East, which was way more popular uh-huh. than him playing in the ACC? Same thing will be said of this. If you are dependent on, uh, yes, I agree, LeBron's a national product to an extent versus other players. When you play for the Knicks, 
you play in front of 14 million people that are in this mm-hmm. in that city. When you play for the Lakers, you play in front of eight during rush hour. So you want to play in a place that puts you on television as many times as you can. That has that. That's why Boston, Miami, Philly, Houston. These are in the top nine population-wise, just in numbers. If you play in Oklahoma, if you play in Portland, if you play in Cleveland, you do not get the exposure, even if you're LeBron, LeBron, because your team is not on television as much as the Lakers. That is nonsense. Listen to me. It's nonsense. Listen to me. For LeBron, Listen, that le- argument for LeBron James is nonsense. No, you're wrong. Let me explain why. Not every game that LeBron James plays in is on national television. He's on local television to cover his. Not most- every Knicks game is on national. Te- no, not but, every Lakers no, game no, is. No, but they're on local in front of 14 million. Is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, well, yeah, but if LeBron- as opposed to a million five and two million you in Cleveland. Can, you, yeah, but you have to get the NBA packages to watch these games, anyways. And when LeBron plays, he's playing in front of the world every night because all eyes it is are dramatically on the- to LeBron James's f- favor to play in a major city at the end of his career to set up what he's trying to do. He can can he still do? Yes. Can he do it to the level if he was to win a title even once in New York or LA? It redefines what he does in business and what he does in sales. They make more money off the court than they do on. He would take a pay cut to go to the Lakers with the right players coming to him because of the 350 million he'll make in the next 10 years. On other things that he does, if he does it. In well, LA. the mathematics in Cleveland work that he gets a guaranteed contract and he'll make that money guaranteed. Well, it, it, the he's most not, money is if he stays in Cleveland. Twenty more, he's not in Cleveland. 20. I'm not betting it because oh, I don't believe okay. that he's going to stay in Cleveland. There's but there zero is, is not a zero chance. There's zero chance he'll stay in Cleveland. Let's go to break. We'll come right back. Every strikeout, one-two pitch, breaking ball, swing and a miss. There it is, a baker's dozen for Jacob DeGrom. Every run, hit deep to left field. Home run number three is on the way, and there she goes. Every walk-off. Swing a high fly ball, deep right field. Jay Bruce hits it out. The home of Mets baseball. Conforto towards the alley on the run. Diving, what a catch. Michael Conforto stabs it out of the air. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. That's it. <laughs> this is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. It's going to be quick here, so. It's quick? Yep. I thought we had a couple minutes. Now we got one minute. Don't you want to hear me pontificate on things that really don't matter? I always do. I know you do. 315-437-7644 is the number to call right now. Caller number five will register you for your chance to win the Daniel Baldwin Show happy hour. You get to sit down, have food it's really, and drink at Shaughnessy's with myself, Gump, and Daniel Baldwin, if you're into that type of thing. Yes, uh, thanks to our friends at UPS. 437-7644 is the number to call. Today was a very sports-heavy show. It was a very sports-heavy show. You know, having Forrest in the room is such a great thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Really makes time fly. It does. It does. <laughs> so what took three segments? <laughs> we it's, will, a, it's the best. We'll be back tomorrow with another Daniel Baldwin show, and maybe Josh will actually decide to show up for yeah, work. Yeah, Josh having his testicles fixed.